remember that as a born again Christian, we are sandwiched between two realities. Remember, we are sandwiched between two realities. One reality is that we are in Christ and the other reality is Christ is in us. We are sandwiched between these two realities so much so that we are not only in God, but God is in us. That there is nothing that can ever separate us from God. Now think about this. Most of you guys are from Delhi, right? Right now, you are in Delhi. You are listening to this sermon, you know, being in Delhi. But still, your mind can be elsewhere. Isn't that true? Your mind can be in US, your mind can be in, you know, in Kerala, your mind can be in hell. I don't know where your mind is. Your mind can be anywhere. Uh, so even though you are here, your mind can be anywhere. So how do you, you know, how do you uh, bring yourself into this realization that you are in Delhi? It's just, you know, telling your mind uh, to be conscious of your true reality, that your body is here in Delhi. So you tell your mind, hey, why am I being distracted? Why am I thinking about US? Why am I, you know, thinking about all of that when my mind should be here, when my mind should be focused here? Is that right? Similarly, see, we are in Christ, but it takes conscious efforts to, to submit. It takes conscious efforts for the mind to submit to this reality. Am I making sense? You have to make conscious efforts so that your mind is not distracted. Your mind will align itself with your spirit reality. The reality of the spirit is that you are seated with Christ far beyond above all powers and principalities and every name that is to be named. That is your reality. But the question is, is your mind aligned to that spiritual reality or is your mind distracted? Your mind thinking about Dubai, your mind is thinking about what will I eat after the sermon? You know, if, if your mind is, you know, all over the place, even though your spirit is at the right hand of God, you will not experience that reality. So today I'm going to teach you on one of the ways on how you train your mind to experience that reality of the spirit. Okay. What I'm going to teach you is one of the tools that we have in how we experience the reality of the spirit by aligning our minds to that spirit reality. So if you have your Bibles, we are not, okay. So if you have your Bibles, I will share it on the screen. If you have your Bibles, take with me Ephesians 5 verse 21. I'm going to be super quick. Okay, guys. So please let me know on the chat if I'm going too fast. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Okay, just, just see the scripture on the screen. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Isn't that interesting? It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, most times we only see the following verse, which is why submit yourself to your own husband. But this says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Did you see that? It's talking about mutual submission. Now, why do we need to submit to ourselves? 
we need to submit to ourselves out of reverence for christ because you and me are in christ because all of us are included in christ we submit to one another now if you go a little, go above the verse that i showed you a little above it talks about do not be drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit giving thanks to god and you know singing psalms and hymns and all of that that's the context the context of submission is being filled with the spirit if you are filled with god's spirit out of reverence for christ you and me will submit to one another yeah does that make sense so the context of submission is being filled with the spirit if you are filled with god's spirit you will submit to one another let me show you another verse romans chapter 13 verse 1 Romans 13 was one it says let every person okay it does not say few it does not say some it says let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god see in ephesians 5 we are talking about mutual submission In Romans thirteen, we are talking about submitting yourself to the institution that you are placed under. Okay, it's a it's a very hard thing because you know we have been so abused in our past in the name of submission that we don't like the word submission. The only thing that comes into our mind when we talk about submission is control, manipulation. But see, Paul is saying, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, because if there is any authority over you, above you, that has been put in by God. Okay. Now I'm going to quickly show you a story from the Bible. Going to quickly show you. I'll I'll just run through because I don't have enough time. Okay. So stay with me. If you have any questions, if I'm going too fast, put it on the chat. Okay, guys. Now Genesis chapter thirteen, we are going to look into the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter thirteen. So Abraham, Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negev. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Between Bethel and I, to the place where he had made an altar at the first, and there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possession was so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. at that time the canaanites and the perizzites were dwelling in the land see what is happening here is you know abraham heard god's calling but he took lot with him but now what is happening is abraham is so rich and so is lot and because they are both rich and they both have so much of possession that the land is not able to support them not only that that there's so much of strife between their servants right that's the context now you see verse 8 then abram said to lot let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen for we are kinsmen 
we are relatives let there be no strife right then verse 9 he says is not the whole land before you separate yourself from me if you take the left hand then i'll go to the right or if you take the right hand then i'll go to the left and lord lifted up his eyes and saw that the jordan valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the lord like the land of egypt in the direction of zor i'm jumping verse 12 abraham settled in the land of canaan while lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as sodom now the men of sodom were wicked great sinners against the lord think about it guys what is happening who heard god's calling was it abraham or lot who heard god's calling it was abraham who heard god's calling lot was just tagging along into abraham's calling is that right when they all got out from their household lot was just tagging along into abraham's calling and now lot is so super blessed in the whole journey that abraham is saying hey you know what the land that we are living in is can't support both of us so what you do is you know you separate yourself whatever you choose i will choose the opposite but look at this what does lot chooses lot chooses what was pleasing to his eyes lot chose the well watered land the lushful lands right which was very pleasing to his eyes it looked like the garden of eden and he chose that he chose what what was good how many of you you know will not go for a good contract if you get a good contract you get a good job how many of you will not go for it why because it's the most logical thing to do lot just did that he just saw green lushful land and he went for it but see the bible says where he was going there was clearly he was going into a community of wicked people bible says that very clearly he was going into a community of wicked people there was wickedness all throughout you know paul says in 1 corinthians 15 verse 33 he says like this do not be deceived bad company ruins good morals bad company ruins good character see guys i don't want you to go to one extreme where you are like man i don't you know i will not talk to sinners i'm not going to have friends with you know fellowship with sinners i'm not saying that but i'm saying are you intentional with the godly people whom you are journeying with are you intentional about journeying with the godly people or you're so carried away that most time i'm saying in terms of think about this think about this the time and the energy and the money that you spend is it more with the godly people that god has blessed you or is it more with the world it's as simple as that where are you spending your time energy and money and paul is saying bad company corrupts good character so what did happen god called abraham lot was tagging along and when lot had to depart he sees what is good in his eyes he just chooses what is good in his eyes and most of the time 
we make our decision like that we make our decision based on what is good in the visible what is good in the physical it looks good to me it sounds logical to me and we make that decision only if guys i'm telling you only if lot had seen what god was doing in abraham's life only if only if god only if lot could have seen what god was doing in abraham's life he would not have chosen the green lavish lands i'll show you what happens next okay same chapter then the lord said to abraham verse 14 after lot had separated from him lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land that you see i will give to you and to your offspring forever i will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that if one can count the dust of the earth your offspring also can be counted arise walk through the length of and breadth of the land for i will give it to you so abraham moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of mamre which are at hebron and there he built an altar to the lord see abraham had this practice that whenever god would you know move his location he would build an altar okay see this altar was just a symbol of god's faithfulness just as expression of him recognizing that god is with him just that okay but you don't see that in lot's life you don't see that you don't see lot building altars and i'm not saying you should build altars okay in the new covenant in the new covenant it's absolutely different but understand what i'm trying to say that abraham was was very conscious of god's calling over his life lot got a rub on that calling by just tagging along with abraham but now lot has gone to sodom and gomorrah where there's so much of wickedness this community of wicked people now after this chapter whatever happens in lot's life is like a downhill it's like crazy downhill in fact next chapter what happens is the the sodom and gomorrah gets attacked by you know Uh, uh another country another nations they get attacked where lot is captured lot is kidnapped that is what happens in the next chapter i'll show you, i want to show you just couple of verses okay genesis 14 verse 11 so the enemy took all the possessions of sodom and gomorrah right they took all the possessions and all the provisions and went their way Verse 12. They also took Lot, the son of Abraham's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom, and his possessions, and went their way. Verse 13. Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eschol and of Anner. These were allies of Abraham. When Abraham heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men. born in his house 318 of them and were in pursuit as far as dan and he divided his forces against them by night he and his servants and defeated them and pursued them to hoba north of damascus then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsman lot with his possessions and the women and the people 
you see that lot is in trouble who is there for rescue abraham see this this incident in itself should have raised red flags to lot that very is is not in the right community that the association that the friends that he has is not in the midst of the right people this incident in itself should have raised red flags who rescues him abraham rescues him but he does not learn from this experience now what happens genesis 19 genesis 19 is when sodom and gomorrah is destroyed and when sodom and gomorrah are destroyed the two angels come to warn lot so that lot can lot and his family can escape that is what is happening okay so the angels come to lot and they warn them of the destruction that is going to happen so that they can save lot but you see what happens next okay genesis chapter 19 then the men said to lot verse 12 i'm reading from verse 12 then the men said to lot have you anyone else here sons and laws sons daughters or anyone you have in the city bring them out of the place for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people have become great before the lord and the lord has sent us to destroy it so lot went out and said to his sons and laws who were to marry his daughters up get out of this place for the lord is about to destroy the city but he seemed to his sons and laws to be jesting see he really wanted to save all of them but they did not take him seriously you know they were like yeah whatever now what happens is lot escapes the city with his wife and with the two daughters now see verse 23 that sun had risen on the earth when lot came to zoar then the lord rained on sodom and gomorrah sulfur and fire from the lord out of heaven and he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the city and what grew on the ground was 26 but lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt see when the angels came to lot and they said you know you need to go you need to get out of this place do not turn back don't take anything just you know go and don't look back they were not really talking about you know the physical posture they were also talking about your hearts their hearts posture see lot's wife became a pillar of salt not because she was looking back but because looking she was looking back because of her because of the posture of the heart she could not let go of what was happening in sodom she could not let go of the possession she could not let go of the comfort that she had in sodom and what happens she becomes a pillar of salt now you see was 30 now lot went up out of zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters for he was afraid to live in zoar so he lived in a cave with his two daughters and the first born said to the younger our father is old and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth come let us make our father drink wine and we will lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father so they made their father drink wine that night and the first born went in and lay with her father he did not know when she lay down or when she arose the next day the first born said to the younger behold i lay last night with my father let us make him drink wine tonight also that you go in and lie with him that we may preserve offspring from our father 
So they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus, both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger son also bore a son and called his name Benami. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. Guys, look at the seriousness of the issue here. The daughters are planning to have sex with their father. Why? Who taught them? Who gave them this idea? Where did they learn this from? They did not learn this from Abraham's company. They did not learn this from their family. Where did they got this culture from? They got this culture from Sodom and Gomorrah. See, see, guys. Let me tell you. Most of you guys don't have children, but I want to train you so that when you have children, you will be prepared. If your children think that church is optional, Christ will become irrelevant to them. If your children think church is optional, Christ will become irrelevant to them. And how they will know that church is not optional is by seeing your life, is by seeing the posture of your heart. Who taught these young girls? Whatever they did was like crazy. Who taught them to do that? You know, it was not just the act in itself. Do you know the children that they had, Moab, Moabites and the Ammonites, the legacy that they had to this day, like till the time of Israel, they were always at war with Israelites. They were always at war. See, you can either submit to God's calling or you can always live in strife against it. Because the flesh always wants to be against what God is doing. See, Lot was a righteous guy. That's how the Bible says he was a righteous man. But you know what? He left a very defeated legacy. He was righteous. You know, this is one of the reasons why Abraham was so particular about getting a wife from his own community. And I'm not talking about you should not have intercultural marriage and all of that, but I'm saying think about, think about what and why Abraham was doing it. Because he understood the weight of God's calling over his life. He understood why God had called him. He understood the weight of that responsibility and he did not want to risk it all. He could have got so many, so many women. He could have chosen so many women from the locals, but he did not do that. He was very intentional about getting Rebecca for Isaac. What I want you to, what I really want you to think is, are you really intentional with the people whom you journey with? Your association, the community that you surround yourself matters so much. So much. They can take you away from the blessings that God has for you. The blessing will always be with you, but they can distract you in your mind. So much so that you will not be able to experience the inheritance that God has for you, which is already inside of you. Moabites and Ammonites are known, were always known as the curse. They were known as a cursed generation. Nothing that they did wrong. But what if, what if 
when abraham had come to lot and he said hey you know depart from me because we are so rich what if lot had said i don't care about the riches i see what god is doing in your life and i want to submit to you what if abraham had said that what if abraham had said my people will be your people my servants will be your servants i don't care about this i want to submit to you for the god's for god's calling that is on your life because i am so sure about what god's what god has called you for i am i am so convinced that i see god's calling over your life i will submit to you what if lot had done that how do you think the story would have turned out let me show you a similar story from the life of naomi and ruth okay you know the story i'll not go into detail but i'll show you a couple of verses so powerful ruth chapter 1 This is Naomi, Ruth chapter one, verse eleven. Naomi said, "Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown?" would you therefore refrain from marrying no my daughters for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the lord has gone out against me then they lifted up their voices and wept again and opra kissed her mother in law but ruth clung to her and she said see your sister in law has gone back to her people and to her gods return after your sister in law but ruth said do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you for where you go i will go from where and where you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people and your god my god where you die i will die and there i will i be buried may the lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you and when naomi saw that she was determined to go with her she said no more see when ruth said yes to naomi naomi had nothing to offer she was poor she had no husband she had no you know family that could support her she had nothing to offer but ruth made a decision i'm not leaving you your god will be my god your people will be my people i am not going to leave you you know because of ruth's commitment if you read the following passages you'll see how ruth becomes such a blessing not just for herself she is not just blessed but she becomes a blessing ruth marries boaz a rich guy she not only gets honored she also gets riches and wealth not just that guys ruth is also the great grandmother of jesus just because of that one decision that she took see guys you know most of you are young and you might say you know i'll do what i want to do it's my choice it's not affecting anybody i'm telling you guys every choice that you make affects your generations after that comes after you every choice that you makes is so important don't say that it does not matter it matters to your children it matters to your children's children think about it guys i am not guys i want you to understand this i am not saying this so that you can just submit to me i am saying this because 
I have learned this truth on how submission can open up the door of blessing for your life. See, when you submit in the kingdom, when you submit, you're basically partnering with that person. You're partnering with their calling. You're partnering with the blessings that God has for them. Submission leaves a door open for partnership. You know, God told me very clearly today. Uh, I'll read that for you. You know, God said, when you recognize the calling of God on someone whom you know or you are familiar with or somebody who is around you, when you recognize the calling of God, don't be satisfied just by being their friend or just by being, just getting to know them. Don't be satisfied by that. Instead, take a step further and honor God's calling through submission. Honor them through submission. You know why? Because in the kingdom, we partner by submission. See, how did you become co-heirs of God? How did you become co-heirs of Christ? Is by submitting to Christ. When you and me submitted ourselves to Christ, called him the Lord of our lives, that is how we've become co-heirs with Christ. And Christ is submitted to the Father. My question is, guys, if you and me can't be submitted to the people around you whom you see physically through your physical eyes, if you can't be submitted, how can you submit to a God whom you can't see? If you and me can't honor the people whom God has blessed us around us, how can you honor God whom you don't see? If you don't submit to God's calling, guys, I'm telling you, if you don't submit to God's calling, you will always live a life against it, in strife with it. It's either submission or strife. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Come with me to Romans chapter 13. This is a very tough verse, Romans chapter 13. And yes, I, I believe in grace, okay? Romans chapter 13, verse 5. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. I'll read that again for you. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. You want to feel loved? You want to feel belonged? You want to feel part of the community? Submit yourself. Submit yourself. Submission is how you partner in God's calling. Guys, you know, submission is such a powerful tool. Submission is so powerful. But because of our past hurt, we have always seen submission in such a bad light. Just tell me this. Once you were driving the car and the car, you know, the, the, the car stopped running. Does that mean you will never drive the car again? Because once the car stopped driving? Or just because there are, you know, divorce happening in marriage, will you not believe in the institution of marriage? 
just because you've been hurt by past does not mean submission is bad i want you to reflect on that think about it whom has god called you to be submitted whom has god called you let god give you clarity on whom you need to be submitted under so that you partner with the calling that is upon their life say that hey this lord i thank you but if you don't feel the emotion of thanks thankfulness okay your prayer is incomplete pray from the heart where you feel the emotion let the word not only change the concept let the word change your emotions as well so pray so that your emotions are also aligned with what you are praying for pray from the heart we if we if we don't pray you know what we if we don't pray where the emotions are not aligned to what we are praying that means we are not praying what we mean we don't mean what we pray we have to pray from the heart that is rooted in thanksgiving and for that you need to feel grateful you need to genuinely feel grateful and that takes time guys so you can't just you know take 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 a pen and paper and say oh i'm going to journal i'm going to pray i'm going to give 30 seconds of my life to god and i'm going to see something happening you can't do that because prayer is communication with god it takes time it takes time for you to open up to god so that god can change your heart not just change your heart but change your mind as well and when he starts doing that your emotions align itself with god your mind aligns itself with god and then you are transformed and as you are transformed it overflows to transforming the city it overflows in transforming this nation you have a huge mandate you have a huge mandate to let god transform you see you know i was thinking about praying from the heart i was reminded of these passages where jesus when he's driving out the demons he rebukes them and i always thought in my mind that jesus rebuking the spirit was i rebuke you you know very plainly very you know stoically i rebuke away because you know the picture of jesus that we have from these movies is a very gentle jesus right he's a very polite jesus you know i rebuke you i rebuke you come on get out but think about it if somebody comes in your house if somebody intrudes in your house who are not meant to be there how will you rebuke them tell me how will you rebuke them you will rebuke them with a righteous passion that flows in you and you will say get out of my house you and you do not belong here but think about it when we are praying for our loved ones who are struggling through sickness how we pray lord just heal them dude rebuke them because that sickness is not meant to be there in the first place okay whatever you don't rebuke will always stay whatever you don't resist will stay you resist them you rebuke them don't entertain them 
rebuke them with your heart with your mind and from your heart with those emotions rebuke them let it not happen in my family from now on it has happened so far but it will not happen in my city i rebuke you in the name of jesus come on feel it feel it pray in the spirit pray in the spirit means you pray from a place where god has already done it trusting in god complete trust in god pray with our minds is you change the picture that is happening in your mind change the picture to what god has already done praying from the heart is you align those emotions to what you're praying for okay if it is rebuke rebuke be angry that's why i used to think you know why why do these pastors shout why can't they just speak softly can't heaven hear it's not about heaven it's about you aligning your emotions are you listening to me yeah pray with your pray in the spirit with your minds from the heart i'm saying see guys it takes it takes a lot of power lot of power to go beyond what you see in the natural and to believe in what god is doing and when you do that when you are activated in the supernatural power of god when you are activated in the faith of god lot of things begin to change in the atmosphere because your hearts are transformed first i want to tell you guys there's a huge mandate especially in such a time that we are living in there's a huge mandate on us to pray to pray without ceasing to pray with thanksgiving to pray so that god's will is, is established on this earth to pray so that as it is on heaven let it be on here let it be here in our cities let it be here in india there's a great mandate on you guys so please don't waste your time watching netflix please take this time very seriously we are in the midst of a battle we are in the midst of a war this is a supernatural evil and supernatural wickedness that we are seeing in this time it is for you and me it is our responsibility to speak god's justice it is our responsibility to speak god's righteousness it is our responsibility to to speak god's healing and peace over our nation will you be the watchman of the city guys will you be the watchman of the cities see when you speak the voice of the heaven when you speak heaven's voice creation has to obey because roman says creation is waiting in expectation for the sons of god to be revealed will you say i am that son i am that daughter who will speak god's will who will establish god's will in this place starting with myself starting with my family starting in the city that i'm living in starting in the nation that i am in i will speak god's will when you do that prayer becomes an effective tool guys are you excited to see what god is doing are you excited to see god god flipping the situation of india i believe that god can do that i believe that because his kingdom is here his kingdom is here the increase of his kingdom and of peace there shall be no end but guys let me tell you god will not do it i'm not saying god cannot do it god will not do it unless you and me partner with him the news offend you 
Does the news stir up a passion in you? Does the news create righteous anger in you? If it does, then it is our responsibility to speak against this wickedness, to speak against, to fight against these spiritual forces of evil and to resist them, to resist them, to rebuke them. It is our responsibility, guys. Don't wait for anybody else. It is for you and me. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for everything that is happening. But Father, we just want to declare that your will, your will for your people is good. Your will for your people is always pleasing and your will for your people is always perfect. Come on, say with me. Your will is always good, pleasing and perfect. Father, we thank you. We declare that the increase of your kingdom and of peace, there will be no end in our nation. In our nation. Father, we commit ourselves to stand in the gap and pray for the helpless, to pray for the poor, to pray for the needy, to pray for the sick, so that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.